you're listening to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Rydell. Each week, I'll bring you conversations with some of the most passionate, hardworking, and limitless thinkers on this earth who have a story to share, a brand that inspires, or a fire inside of them to live life on their own terms. The intention behind each episode is simple. And that's to include you in these conversations so that you can learn, apply, and grow in your own life and in your business. If I can share one quick secret with you before we begin, it's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us. But perhaps somewhere along the line, someone told you to play small, to play safe, and that led you to live an ordinary life. Tuning into Visionary Life will help you dust off the limiting beliefs you carry around so that you can begin to create your own most visionary life. It's in you. It's in all of us. Let's dive in. Hey, visionaries. Welcome back to the show. This week, I am sitting down with a very special guest named Zoe Pink, who is a happiness coach. I'd like to share a paragraph from her website so that you can see and listen to where Zoe's journey begins. She says, for as long as I can remember, whenever I found a penny or saw that first star of the evening or had a birthday candle to wish upon, I always wished for the exact same thing, to be happy. It was the simple dream of a little girl whose childhood was profoundly bleak. I suffered through poverty, physical, emotional, and sexual abuse, bullying, and depression. My father was violent and my mother was mentally ill. By the age of 17, I was a teenage alcoholic, high school dropout, living out on my own, and through it all, and despite it all, I continued to wish to be happy. Zoe's journey has been anything but linear, and she is a true example of how strength and purpose can come from our biggest challenges and struggles. I admire Zoe for so many reasons, but one thing that I'd like to call out is her willingness to be vulnerable, open, and honest with you. One of her goals is to become more visible, which is certainly not easy, but she's rising to the task by being on this podcast, and I'm just so proud of her for getting her voice out there and sharing her story. In this episode, we are pulling the curtains back on what her childhood was like and how that shaped who she is today as a happiness coach, the journey towards how she became a coach, some of the first steps she took to set up her her business, how the Visionary Method Coaching supported her next level of growth, and tips for getting more visible when it doesn't really come naturally to you to turn the camera on yourself. I would definitely suggest going to check out Zoe's website so that you can connect with her further. You can find her at zoepink.com, Z-O-E-P-I-N-K. So super simple, and I'll link it in the show notes. So enjoy this episode with me and Zoe Pink, and I will see you on the other side. Okay, so today I get to sit down with Zoe, who's part of our visionary community. And Zoe, you are a happiness coach. And I've been looking forward to this conversation all day because you and I, you know, although we've worked together, we haven't actually got to sit down and allow me to ask you a bunch of questions. Usually it's the other way around. So first, I want to start you off with some quick fire questions because I'm sure the listeners want to get to know you. So is that cool? That's awesome. And thank you for having me on, Kelsey. You're so, so welcome. So first off, where did you grow up? Okay, so quickly, I ping-ponged back and forth between Toronto and a suburb of Halifax called Lower Sackville. So I was Toronto, Sackville, 
Toronto, Sackville, Toronto. <laughs> That's where I grew up. <laughs> and where are you located today? I'm in Calgary. You're in Calgary. So you have really been kind of all over Canada. Do you have a favorite home base? Like is Calgary your favorite at this point? Or is there somewhere else that kind of has your heart? No, I love it in Calgary. Not sure if BC might see us one day though. So we'll see, but Calgary is amazing. It's a beautiful city to live in and we love it here. I know anytime I've been out to Calgary, I've absolutely loved it. And really anywhere in the mountains has always kind of spoke to Dave and I. So we're like one day, maybe we'll make it to the West coast and relocate for a small period of time. So we shall see. Um, Is there a person, a podcast, maybe a book that has greatly impacted your life? You know, I could say my husband, I've been married a long time and I know that that's a very traditional answer. No. I'll just say that he's a Renaissance soul and he's kind and determined and curious and supportive. But I want to also add that there was a poem that was really, really, really important Neat. to me as I was younger and healing and moving along. And it's not that long. If you'd like me to read it, I would love that. I was just <laughs> going to ask. <laughs> all right. So first of all, it's, um, it's called, there's a hole in my sidewalk the romance of self-discovery and it's by Portia Nelson. I walk down the street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I fall in. I am lost. I am helpless. It isn't my fault. It takes forever to find a way out. I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I pretend I don't see it. I fall in again. I can't believe I'm in the same place but it isn't my fault. It still takes me a long time to get out. I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I see it's there. I still fall in. It's a habit. My eyes are open. I know where I am. It is my fault. I get out immediately. I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I walk around it. I walk down another street. I love that. That's really beautiful. And why is that poem so powerful in your life? That, that was really powerful for me at a time where I was really trying to move out of a place of true unhappiness and stuckness and misery into a place of something more. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know what it was at the time, but just something more. And, and so I revisit this poem occasionally, but when I was younger, I would read this all the time. And I just think it, almost was a bit of a guide on how I could just slowly bit by bit mm-hmm. change, make a change and, and, mm-hmm. and evolve. Didn't have to be a big leap all at once that I could just slowly progress towards where I wanted to be, which was happy. <laughs> oh my goodness. And I know that's going to be such a big part of what we dive into and why you became a happiness coach. And I'm so curious to see that evolution <laughs> from, you know, what, going from unhappy stuckness, misery to now being a happiness coach. I just think, first of all, it's so inspiring to hear that contrast, but I think it's going to be uh, very curiosity provoking for the listeners to realize that sometimes your struggle can actually become your superpower. And even if someone listening is in maybe that darker place right now and is unhappy, like there is a light at the end of the tunnel and who knows one day you may be able to teach that transformation to others. And I think that's, you know, the greatest gift of life is to have our own personal evolution and then to be able to share that with somebody else. 
I agree. Takes a lot of confidence. Got to conquer some fear, but absolutely. And yeah. I think there's so many roadblocks to that. Like, it's not just as easy as like, cool, I made a change in my life and now I get to teach everybody else. It's like, oh no, there's so much of a personal journey required to even, first of all, to get through the mess and then to somehow find the confidence and the belief in yourself that somebody else could benefit from your messy story. And I think like, that's what so many of us go through is like, wait, you mean everything I went to can somehow be packaged up and taught to someone because I'm not perfect. I'm still an imposter, but yet somebody (laughs) wants this from me. And, you know, it's like when we get that confidence to finally get it out there, we can actually change someone else's life. And that becomes quite addicting. And I I agree. And I think that there's, you know, you always are teaching us that, that you're just looking for people that are further behind from where you are now. You don't have to have all the answers. You just it's just knowing that there's people further behind on the journey that I've already gone through that might need that help and just leaning into that. Yeah. Right. And as our friend Blake fly has said on one of his lives, actually, he said like, you're never meant to be the expert. Like you're just meant to story tell your journey. Like don't put yourself on a pedestal thinking you have to have it all together. Just speak from experience, knowing that that experience will resonate with another human being. If you tell it in a story, like this is my life and you know, here was the journey. So yeah, Yeah, that's beautiful. What is one thing that you do every single day that is non-negotiable? Okay. I have to, I have a do (laughs) and a don't every day. I, I think and write and focus on gratitude. So I do have a formalized way of doing this in the morning and in the evening, but I stop and notice along the way throughout the day, I stop and smell those roses and I notice. So that's the one thing I do. And the don't is I don't drink. I'm sober. So I definitely have that as one of my strongest life rules that I do not drink alcohol, of course. (laughs) So um, that is the other thing I don't do every day. Mm, I love that you bring up, yeah, not just the things that you do do, but the things that you don't, because I think as soon as we tune into those things that, you know, don't contribute to us feeling our best and know that we need to eliminate them or reduce them, you can become so much more joyful and energized rather than just focusing on adding in things all of the time. I think the taking away is equally as important. And that's a huge part of my system on how I, I help teach and coach happiness. So, so cool. yeah. So I kind of, I like that for myself. I have the do yes. and the don't, and mm-hmm. I also encourage and coach that for others as well. Mm-hmm. And curious, is there one business skill that you're currently working on improving? I am working on improving my writing, but at the same time, I'm also working on social media exposure. So I kind of have yeah. two again. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So now I kind of want to zoom the lens back a little bit because you did mention earlier that there was a time in your life when you were just feeling stuck and things weren't going that well. And like I said, today you are a happiness coach. So can you kind of take us back to the chapter in your life when you were not thriving and just like, you know, paint us a bit of a story of what was going on just so that we can bring it forward to where you are today. Well, I guess there's I guess a few phases of this, the main phase of this would be what I'll call childhood. And that went up until the time I left home, which um, was when I was just after I turned 17, Mm -hmm. I was born into, I was born into a really unhappy, miserable family. And I was immediately whisked away into foster care and then came back right in time for the birth 
of my brother, who's one year younger than me. So stressful time, they bring me back. And just my parents, you know, I can look back on them now as, you know, 28 and 24 year olds, but I, you know, growing up, you don't, you don't feel that you don't know that. And so they bring me back and they were struggling clearly. And um, again, just a miserable bit of experience. My brother and I both ended up in foster care, I think within a few months. And then uh, my parents divorced at that point. So this was uh, actually in the very early 1970s. And I ended up being raised by a man, by my father, which is very unusual for uh, a father to get custody in, well, 1972. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so my, I was raised by a really miserable, unhappy man. And he was my, like, he had 100% custody. My mother wasn't in the picture at all. And he was just a miserable, thwarted man. And, and the childhood that created was very bleak and unhappy. And it's just a hard thing to talk about and explain when you were never wanted or loved by any, either of your parents. And so I wasn't inferred that I'd ruined my life, my dad's life. I was told that I had ruined his life. So not only no love, but also an enormous amount of blame over the my existence. And so kind of this is how I was brought into the world. And then my dad married again to give me a mom. She was a horrible person. <laughs> she had two kids of her own that you know she doted on. And my dad was miserable and I get it. She was miserable as well. And that just created a really, really toxic, now a really loud, an enormous amount of yelling and swearing. Mm-hmm. Different abuses stopped because there was now another adult present. So something shifted, but there was a lot of new things that were sort of twirled into the torno- tornado mix of our life. And so in the seventies, whenever there'd be a hot summer night, we were the family that people would sit out on their porch in their chairs and listen to us because it was so violent and volatile and so much yelling and screaming going on in our house and swearing and yeah. So, and, and so there's just a lot of misery, you know, no, no birthday celebrated, never got a new piece of clothing, not looked after, not always fed properly. And, you know, so it's just, you know, and then you go to school and you're the odd kid that doesn't fit in. Cause you, you know, you never have, you never have a sense of even feeling worthy of even looking someone in the face, you know, and making eye contact or smiling, you know, you didn't, I didn't know how to smile as a child. So yeah, I don't want to be too negative and too bleak, but no, I mean, I didn't know any different, you know, mm-hmm. like I had to learn how to smile. Yeah. I had to learn how to allow someone to hug me at one point, you know, so it's just all these different things that, and then like through childhood, I started to realize that all I wanted was to be happy. Well, I either didn't want to wake up when I was really young. And then I started to shift and like kept waking up. <laughs> and then I started to realize, well, I just want to be happy. So if there was a first star at night or a penny, I would always wish, 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 please, please, please let me be happy. That was my one fervent wish all the time. I just want to be happy. And did you know how to make that wish come true? Like you're laying there in bed wishing to be happy. Did you have any insight or tools or teachers that were like, Zoe, this is how you can change? Or did you just know that was a wish, but unsure of how to make it come true? 
Yeah, that's a good question. No, there was no internet back then. And I was stuck in the perfect child mode. I tried to, you know, I was so afraid to make my father unhappy. And the way that answers your question is that I would never talk to anyone. I would never tell anyone. I wouldn't talk to a teacher or a librarian. I would just try to be as still as possible to not be seen. And then I had this fervent hope and no, to answer your question, I did not know how to go about it. If I'd had the internet, that probably would have been a great big help. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, there, there, there wasn't anything, right? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say that when you'd asked also about um, being happy, I became a lot happier, but I struggled with career. That was another section that moved into my adulthood. Just, I know that's a little bit out of place, but just that was another yeah. section. So this is like the core of me being unhappy as a child. Mm -hmm. And then I emancipated myself at 17 and I left home and I had less than $5. There was wow. no plan. It was just a rite of passage. I had a moment of, I could be free. I mean, this might sound weird, but I didn't know that children grew up into adults and that adults could be adults and live on their own. Yep. I had no idea. So mm -hmm. I had a moment when I was 17 where I just wanted to be free. My dad was freaking out on me for having cleaned his bathroom the wrong way. And he was going on and on and on. And thankfully it was May because I had no plan. I just turned around. The weather was nice and I walked out and I never went yep. back home and wow. I had less than $5 in the account at the time. So that was the start of doing something to make myself happy. Yeah. So now you're out of home. You obviously oh. need to find work. So kind of walk us through like what your, I guess we'll call it your career path ended up being. I know that like you didn't necessarily find your dream job as a happiness coach right away. So what mm -hmm. happened from that time you moved out and yeah, like give us the quick trajectory okay. of what you yeah. spent the next 10, 20 years doing. Okay. So I left home and tried to stay in high school, ended up being a high school dropout, ended up going back. That was back to Nova Scotia again. I got some support and I finished high school yep. and then, um, did not get through university, but I have some college, but I didn't enjoy what I studied. I took four years at night to study to be a legal assistant and decided that lawyers scared the shit out of me. And I didn't <laughs> want to work for a lawyer at night. We were taught by lawyers. So meanwhile, I'd gone into banking and then moved across the country to um, come to Calgary. And at that point, I, um, you know, I decided that I would try something different. And I went to hair school, wanted to be a hairdresser, help people feel beautiful. And that didn't work, started getting chemical allergies. So that was just a few years <laughs> of a detour there. Was, and so what I did was I had to get back into, um, you know, office corporate work. So I ended up going into the oil patch. So kind of working there. And then to be honest, you know, I believe the universe sends you messages. And I would you know, I always try to be super nice and I would always try to be exceeding expectations and I would still end up being bullied or having a miserable experience that was just eventually untendable, even though I was happy at this point. And so I decided that fitness and health had always been a passion. So then I, I left one job and I went, I went to school for a year, studied to be a personal trainer and then wanted to just maybe open my own business and steer my own ship. Had a little business here in my basement training ladies and that, um, that taught me a lot, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't a business model that was viable for me. So back into the business world, I went again. And again, just, just really exhausted with trying to be something that I'm not. And I know Kelsey, you as well have felt this as well. Just really struggling to put that square peg into the round hole. I was doing corporate reception and just 
really prim and proper in a sense of being stuck into the model of what's expected. So again, unhappy, I left and I was like, this is it. This is enough is enough. I need to really figure out what I'm going to do. So this is really current by this point. It was a few years ago. So I decided to just heal my spirit and just soothe and kind of recover, get my equilibrium back. And then I just started to look at like, okay, what are my strengths, my skills? I, I went from my very first job as like a paper girl through every job. What did I like? What did I find boring? What did I not like? And, and kind of through all that, mm -hmm. I've now moved into the idea of being a life coach. And then from a life coach, picking my niche, I didn't want to do it because happiness coaching is not a really big thing. It's kind of, I made it up and now there's a few of us out there, but I just decided happiness is what I own. Happiness is what yeah. I know. Happiness has been my guiding North star. So then I've planted sort of my flag, my stake in the idea of, um, yeah, being a happiness coach. Mm -hmm. I love that you shared kind of your whole journey of like all the different you know, jobs and different things that you dabbled in and the college that you took. And it just goes to show that the journey isn't always linear, right? It's like, we got to zig and zag all over the place sometimes until we find that thing. That's like, ah, this feels like home. Right. And I know there are so many listeners who are in that messy stage right now of trying to figure it out and starting a job that they're still unhappy with and wondering like, am I ever going to find that thing? And it's like, stay you know, true to the course, keep trying, like the thing will present itself. Sometimes you just have to dig a little deeper, keep exploring and know that, you know, not everyone finds their true passion, dream career in their twenties or in their teens, right. For, for you, I don't know how old you were when you found happiness coaching, but it's like, you know, it took time. It took a lot of work to get here. Absolutely. I mean, I was almost 50. And I think the, the another key on that is just that Staying curious is so important, but so mm. is also just trying to remove the barriers on what you think you should be or should do. Like, because I'm a personal trainer and I still keep my certifications up, yeah. I could easily have gone into the wellness or, you know, body transformation sort of circle where I have already more experience, yeah. but I didn't want to do that. I mean, I enjoy it and I love it. It's still something I think is super important, but that's not my true, true North Star. So mm -hmm. it's that sort of like really looking, you know, even if it's not you know, typical or the normal way to do it, you know, and I also will say as a happiness coach, for those of you that are unhappy right now is yeah. while I was struggling through all that, I was able to really be happy in my moment. Mm -hmm. So my moving forward in my career stuff was a struggle, but I would always try to come back to like, what do I know about being happy in my moment? Just trying really hard to claim that moment and be as happy as possible while I struggled in my career. Mm, absolutely. So when you had the idea of, I want to be a happiness coach, like, did you get the business up and running right away? What were some of the first steps that you took to start bringing this idea to life? No, I would call myself a slow to launch kind of girl. I tend to overthink. And because I have that fear of being seen from my childhood, I have right. like a lot of barriers to kind of leap past so first I started with the idea of like life coaching I think I quickly mentioned that so I I took some certifications um so um just to give me some confidence and mm -hmm. to help me from a marketing point of view even or yeah um, yeah and just to give um a buyer confidence if if that was a thing they cared about which mm. I don't know if it is but sort of all of those so I did that and then and then I was like well, I got to start practicing. <laughs> so, you know, then the next step was just sort of telling people I had a little business card made up and just telling people 
I'm a happiness coach. Do you need some coaching? So kind of just starting for free, just offering just to support someone on their happiness journey. Um, and the only thing I was interested in is if they had a good result, if they were comfortable, would they be willing to give a testimonial? Love that. So yeah, was, that's kind of where I first started. And then I was like, well, every business needs a website. Yeah. And that took a long time to work on while doing all these other things because budget concerns were also there. Mm -hmm. I couldn't pay a developer or, you know, a marketing agency to do it. So um, my husband and I worked on that together and I love it. And I'm, I know that it'll grow and evolve, but having that out there, I guess, just makes me, you know, well, a little bit visible, but also, you know, feel that I'm kind of up and running. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So then I got that. And then, and then I've taken lots of courses on my own, just like free things or paid things, but they were always group courses, which tend to be more affordable, but there's no one-on-one. -on -one. And so that's what eventually led me to you, Kelsey, mm -hmm. where I decided that I, I wasn't, I was struggling with these group courses and that I needed some more one-on-one -on -one support and guidance and direction and care. And that's why I reached out and found you. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Love that. Love the, the whole journey, the backstory that I've never actually gotten before. <laughs> so I'm curious, kind of in those early stages of you just starting to put your happiness coaching out there and telling people what you're up to inside of the visionary method, we talk about who your dream client is a lot. So I would love for you to share who your dream client is, like who it is that you help. Is it just anybody who's unhappy or is there a certain type of person that you know your coaching is perfect for? And like, how do you define that? Well, that is, that's a great question. And it's also a hard question. And yeah. you and I have talked lots and lots about this because I honestly feel, well, if you're unhappy in life yeah. and mm -hmm. you like what I have to say, I'd love to try to help you. But obviously, that's very, very, um, a very broad target. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so I, I really, I really like to help people that have become sort of numb and disconnected, that are very unhappy. Um, and that they've been but that they've been disappointed by life, I would say is sort of a common denominator and theme, yeah. but that they want to live happier life and that they want to live a life with no regrets they want to wake themselves up and and just be in their moments in in authentically living I guess I define happiness as you know living in alignment with who you truly are mm. so this way they can wake up figure out who they truly are get some tools strategies and uh, training to help them then live a life that supports that mm. I guess specifically I seem to have coached a lot of single dads and writers <laughs> seem to be a lot of who've come to me. Mm. I love coaching both of them. Yeah. I really enjoyed. Um, I think the single dad is interesting considering I was raised by a single dad, a miserable single dad. That's very interesting to me. I'll, mm -hmm. Yeah. Not all my clients have been miserable. So I don't want to say that that's not true because disappointed by life doesn't mean miserable. Right. No, and I think uh, that is yeah. an interesting defining feature, like the disappointed by life. Cause that could be really across any age, any gender. It's just probably this aching feeling that a lot of people have that they're disappointed and they know that there's more waiting for them or they want to change. So I feel like it does kind of, it brings up images of people in my life who I know have said that exact phrase before I'm disappointed by my life or 
So yeah, I think that that's gives us a good idea of who you can help. And I'm curious if somebody wants to work with you, like, what do you do? Like, do you send them (laughs) an ebook to read? Do they do coaching with you? What is it like to work with you as a happiness coach? Well, right now I work one-on-one with clients and I'm going to be working towards, um, creating a group program. So with your guidance and support, I've really been clarifying sort of, I guess, like untangling the idea behind what exactly, like, how exactly do you get to happiness? So I've kind of pulled that apart and I have a a great framework now I'm calling it real world happy. And I want that for you, whether you're coaching one-on-one with me or whether you're in a group or, Mm. you know, um, I'm not sure. I don't want to talk about other products down the road. Those are the first two I'd like to work on, (laughs) but uh, I'm currently coaching one-on-one right now. That's, that's where my business focus is. And then, yeah. And so, yes, I have this real world happy framework and I like, I like that you really challenged and coached me to come up with this because it made me do something I've been nervous about for a long time before coming to you. And that is like, you take an airy fairy idea of happiness mm-hmm. and then how do you actually like, how do you, how can I deconstruct what I did in order to construct it going forward to provide a framework for someone? So I had really been like, Oh, I don't know how goodness, how did that happen? I just didn't really want to delve into it. So with working together with you, I had delved into quite a bit of it and I'm so happy to have like a really concise framework mm-hmm. to guide someone through. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's very relatable to a lot of the listeners of this podcast who also have service-based businesses and they just feel like, what am I actually selling? And, you know, I'm not having a lot of clients sign on with me. I think they're kind of confused and I'm overwhelming them. And that's why with you and with many of the other students, like we're, we're trying to figure out how to build this into a methodology and then productize it so that your potential client, they really understand what it is that you're selling and that, you know, there is structure to happiness coaching. It's not just, Hey, come sit down, let's chat. Like you have this methodology that you're going to take them through. And I think that puts people's mind at ease because we're only scared because of what we cannot see. So if I cannot see what your coaching is, I might not be willing to invest in it, but when you show it to me and you lay it out very clearly, it's like, okay, the lights are on. I get it. I know what's waiting for me on the other side. And I think that, you know, that makes it so much easier to see, okay, I can go from being unhappy with my life to, you know, this other dream come true outcome that I've been hoping and praying for. So I can't wait to see you help more people with this because, you know, the framework is there and you've been through it and you've taken clients through it. And it truly is one of the best things you could ever invest in, because if you're not happy, that trickles into, and I'm sure you can speak to this better than me that trickles into every area of your life, right? It affects probably the way you eat, the way you sleep, the relationships you have, the way you approach your career. It's like this ripple effect. It is truly everything. And I I know, I feel like I talk about, like, I like to talk about two states in time. I I like time travel movies. (laughs) And so there's the right now in this moment, and then there's the future you. And so it's very easy in this moment to have a be, I mean, once you learn how to be mindful and smell those roses, you can be happy in this one moment, but really understanding that all the different things you'll do in each moment of the day, they're going to build up into who you are on Friday and who you are in a month and who you are at Christmas this year and who you are in a decade and who you are in your deathbed, right? 
And that is such an important version of yourself to pay attention to because there are all those areas you just mentioned too, where you have the ability. So for example, if I was over obese and I had a heart attack and I had to heal through a, through a heart attack. And here I am still sitting here today with you, Kelsey, in this moment, how much harder would it be for me to be happy having to, you know, really suffer through, you know, the exhaustion maybe, or the fear of uh, placing, you know, things in my heart or all the rehab I'm doing or all the medications I'm taking all the different things where, because I, I haven't had a heart attack, I sit here in this moment and those things are no longer here. I'm able to push through on other things. And, and there's a lot of ease then with what you've set up in a really great way. So there's that paying attention to the future self. And then there's that mindfulness of, I can choose my, how I feel in every moment. And there are two main components of happiness that are built into the framework of happiness coaching. And both are really important to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. And just like, while we're here, in case somebody wants to get in touch with you about this, where's the best place for them to connect with you? Right now, my website is my best place. And um, it's uh, at zoepink.com. So Z-O-E-P-I-N-K.com. Okay. And we're going to keep going. That's not the end yet. I still have more questions. Okay. Thank you. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit because you've been on quite the journey, like of building this business. So I think it would be really valuable to kind of share some business specific tips and just things that you've learned along the way, as you've really started to get more visible and to put yourself out there. So I'm curious, um, is there a business person or a business that you look up to when you need to be inspired to continue trekking forward on this entrepreneurial journey, which can feel hard and challenging so much of the time. There is. And so I, I love a good Cinderella or Cinderella story. So that brings up Oprah and Tony Robbins, two huge giants oh, yeah. who have surmounted and come from, you know, the shit, like the negative, right. You know, kind of like how I have, yep. but that can feel really overwhelming. Like, oh my goodness, that's the Mount Everest to look up to. Um, and so I love actually focusing on artists and dealing with fear. And that yeah. really brings in a lot of like hope for me, you know, and, and, and guidance that really speaks to the fear that I deal with. So I know a big name is Stephen Pressfield. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask know, you if you like his books. <laughs> I do. Yes. But there's someone also that I really, really like and follow a little bit more, um, like more, like in a more focused way. So it's this artist called Mira Lee Patel. And she's, uh, I mean, young compared to me. I, I mean, I think she's probably in her 20s. She's a young artist. What I love about her, she is self-taught. So to get out there and put your shingle out when you are self-taught with a, a visual form. So she's self-taught. She's a beautiful human being. She's a woman of color. So she struggled with that. She has this message around positivity and optimism. And she also talks directly about fear. And so she's raw and real and encouraging and motivating and beautiful because she's an artist as well. So beautiful spirit. Yes, but also beautiful artwork. And she's just growing her business and, and just doing so amazing. And, and I find because she's been open and honest about her fear, it's been really beautiful to follow her. Mm. And, and I have some of, I've bought stuff from her, you know, cool. I, I do support her. Um, yeah. So that's just someone, I, and it's a really small person, but if anyone's interested, yeah, I think it's Mira Lee.com for her. Right. Yeah. So, I will find that and link it in the show yeah, notes just so that people sure. can check it out. 
Um, I know you've had a journey of coming onto social media in order to share your business and to explore using things like Facebook for your business, Instagram. I'm curious if you can describe your current thoughts on social media and how you feel about it. Um, because I know it wasn't something that you were 110% comfortable with when we started working together. I feel afraid of social media, but inspired by it. So I feel like, you know, how you have the good angel and the bad angel that constantly (laughs) war with you. That's kind of, I think what I would, would say is where I'm at. So I feel like courage and bravery are things I'm using to push down on fear to start moving forward with being seen. So as a child, I wouldn't move and I tried to be perfect so that I wouldn't Mm. be seen. Yeah. And so that's been a hard thing being seen. Um, so even personally, I didn't use social media much. Like I was never one to post anything. And yeah. so it's, it's not just a leap of, oh, I, I'm fine with, with posting on social media. I'm fine with people seeing me. It's like, no, there was nothing, yeah. <laughs> nothing at all. So it's been a massive leap. I think it's exciting that the world is so connected mm-hmm. and that we can, you know, share our story, our message, our teaching, you know, trainings, tips, strategies, and, and in a free way. And so if someone can't afford to to work with you, there's still a way that they can be touched by your message and your hope and your experience. Mm. I'm just leaning into that to find a way to combat the fear of being seen. But I think it's actually a great thing. I I just want to be really strategic and not be overwhelmed. (laughs) I want to be able to have time to coach but I'm actually excited about it. Mm. And I think that's such an awesome shift in perspective, like rather than seeing social media, just merely as a waste of time or a suck of your energy, like what you said about, it is also a way for people who can't afford to work with you, or maybe just, it isn't the right time right now for them to work with you. It's still a way for them to benefit from your knowledge and your expertise and your wisdom around a certain topic. And it's a place you can go and show up and just share little nuggets, little tips, little tricks, tools, whatever it is. So that somebody who maybe is wanting to work with a happiness coach can at least get a sense of what it's like and what your methodology and what your thoughts around the whole concept are. So I like that as a uh, kind of a reminder that you're, you're teaching people for free in micro doses, uh, who may not otherwise be able to work with you. So I think that's a really good shift in perspective. Yes. Yeah. It's a good reframe and reframe is such an important tool for happiness. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Do you have a vision for where you want your business in say five years time, or are you kind of just in that like, let's just go one day at a time right now and try to keep up. <laughs> uh, I, I tend to be focused a lot on that, but I guess in, in you know, in, in five years, I would love to be just full time busy with clients yeah. and doing my social media. So still helping to support people. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah, I would just, I would just love to be just doing it, just living it, breathing it. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I mean, I guess on a, high like level like gosh my biggest dream I'd love to make more money than my husband so that's like a silly (laughs) little honestly that's like the one thing in five years I'd love to make more money than him so that is actually so supportive I'm so into that and I love women who are not afraid to make more money than their husbands or their partners like there's no shame around that people. (laughs) He'd be thrilled don't (laughs) he'd be thrilled but yeah I know that's like I think along with it all, that would be like, 
the financial goal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know what? That is, you know, the possibility of starting your own business. Like, yeah, you might not be there in the first year or second year of operation, but of course, down the line, as the compound effect starts to kick in, as you're more established, as you create more content, more testimonials, more happy clients, things just begin to escalate. And all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, I don't have a salary cap. Yeah, it was hard when I first kicked off, but now as I launch new products and services, like my income, it can be infinite, which is the coolest <laughs> thing. So, it you know, that's is. the vision, right? That's right. Just snowballing down, getting bigger and bigger, right? Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And, you know, in looking back on where you were five months ago versus where you are today, why did you decide to work with a coach? Like, why did you feel you needed someone outside of yourself in order to take you to that next level of business? Well, I believe in coaching in general. And I think a great way to describe, I'll just answer this generally first, is that I'll never be able to see my back. Yeah. You know, like you can never see all the way around yourself. And, and that's sort of a metaphorical way of saying you are never going to be able to look at yourself, whether it's the things you're doing great, the things that you're doing good, the things that you, you know, like could just tweak a bit. It's so hard to see our greatness. I find it's yeah. so easy to see our faults and sometimes to magnify them beyond. So like, that's like one thing that I just believe in general with coaching is the way that someone can twirl around you and provide real perspective, whether it's bringing in more good and enhancing or blocking and minimizing the negative, but in a more specific real world way, I was just really floundering and overwhelmed. So really like no clarity from all these courses, you know, I, I have binders of notes on things and, and that's great. And I, I, I think like all knowledge is great and it, it's in, informs, you know, who you are and what you offer and what you do. But I just think that having the clarity, having the support, having the confidence, mm -hmm. and then I'll tell you, honestly, the reason I chose you is because you had a business model. I could a hundred percent see emulating. Mm -hmm. So that was like a super important and I hadn't followed you for long. When I found you, I just went with my gut really fast, but I love your real world talk, which matches with me as well. And your honesty and your heart, which I didn't really know all of that, your heart for sh at first, right. But all the others. And so, yeah, just to get that support for the clarity, um, you know, the accountability, it was just all of what drove me because I just was floundering and honestly, a massive amount of knowledge that I really wasn't doing yeah. much or enough with mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the curse Thank of you. knowledge. Right? <laughs> um, and you know what, it, that really resonates with me because that was one of the reasons why I hired one of my first business and marketing coaches was because she had the business that I wanted to create. And I thought, well, what better way for me to kind of fast track it than to just become an insider and to sit in on what she's creating and to have access to her because it showed me that it was possible. Right. Mm -hmm. I knew that she was way further along the path than me, but at the same time I was like, okay, well, if she did it, she lives in a small town in the USA. I was like, why can't I do it too? So I think it, it goes with that quote, like, you know, you are the average of the people you hang around the most. So sometimes we just need to like start to get into these networks and these communities where people are doing what we aspire to do. And 
Um, we're so happy to have you in the visionary community and you contribute so much on all of our weekly coaching calls. And I love that you've been connecting with the other students too, because I think there's so much magic in you guys doing the co-working sessions and keeping each other accountable and just knowing that there are so many awesome individuals just like you who are on a similar path, who can help to lift you up when you're down and vice versa. And you know, I think we all need those people. So thank you for all that you contribute back to the visionary community. Well, thank you. I, but I think the visionary community and I know creating a community was very um, important to you. And I think it's a wonderful place to be. And so, you know, we can flounder on our own. We really can. And, and it's just, you know, I don't know any entrepreneurs myself personally, Mm -hmm. you know, and no one in my family's ever had a business. So it's a very, like you talk about lonesome feeling, And so to have support of you, but then also support of other like-minded, you know, people going through a similar journey, whether they're in the same spot or a bit ahead or behind, it's just really, really wonderful and really supportive. And I think really important to have. Mm. Well, thank you for saying that. And like I said, we're so lucky to have you having found us. I don't know (laughs) how to thank Google and the World Wide Web for bringing so many great people into the community, but it truly is such a blessing. So thank you so much, Zoe, for sharing your story and a little bit about your business. And I would encourage everybody to go check your website out and get in touch. And you have some awesome blog posts up there too. So I'll definitely link some of those in the show notes as well. So thank you for being on the show and we wish you all of the best. Thank you so much, Kelsey, for having me. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate everything you give us in the visionary method. No problem. All right, there you have it, my episode with the amazing Zoe. We chatted about the Visionary Method community a few times in this episode, so I just wanted to share a reminder that if you're looking for a digital community, a business and marketing mentorship experience, and weekly coaching, then the Visionary Method is for you. We are a group of adventurous, hardworking, and fun individuals who are moving through the seven-step framework in order to generate our first 50,000 in revenue. So if you have a business idea on your mind, then it is time to join the visionary method. You can head to kelseyridle.com slash TVM to apply and to see if the program is right for you. So again, K-E-L-S-E-Y-R-E-I-D-L.com slash TVM. And I will see you in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Visionary Life. I love bringing you these conversations on a weekly basis, so it would mean so much to me if you could help me out by rating and reviewing the show in your iTunes app. You can also support the show by taking a quick screenshot of the episode and sharing it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Kelsey Rydell. I'll catch you in the next episode. P.S. Whenever you're ready, there's a couple of ways that I can support you. So first thing, if you're ready to make your first or next $50,000 in business, explore how the Visionary Method business coaching experience can accelerate your growth. There'll be a link in the show notes. Also, if you're feeling lost, confused, or overwhelmed when it comes to starting an online business, reach out and book a free revision call with me. I'll offer you customized recommendations on how to get unstuck so you can live a life filled with joy, happiness, and fulfillment.